right, ladies and gentlemen, we're here with a special guest, my good friend, Summer Merchant. What's up? Hey, hey, folks. I'm I'm Summer. You're Summer. Uh, okay. I sound very different from use the usual co-host. The Joffrey. usual co-host, Joffrey. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Summer and I, we kind of go like way back, right? Um, I mean, I met him when I was going to college, actually first year, 2014. Wow, uh, it's been that long. I know, right? I actually thought it was 2016 for no, some reason, and then I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Like in I, my mind, like, did you? When did you change majors? Like and, second year in on my college career, pretty much. Okay, wow. So 2016 is where I left the lab. 2016 is when you left the lab, but 2014 is when when I started. Wow, dang. I know, pretty crazy, right? That's crazy. Yeah, because I remember because I started working for Dr. Xu, which is a uh, director, uh, right when I started college. You know? Oh, okay. Wow. So it was wow. like August of 2014. It's been like five years now. You know? Kevin, you've grown up. I've grown up? Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's good to have some outside perspective, you know? Um, so yeah, we went way back. I actually, you know, was working under summer, right? For some uh, imaging stuff, um, I don't remember if I actually done anything. It was mo mostly just like running. I think I was running sedimentation and X-ray like a little bit, but not too much. Yeah, you you were you were working on some projects. Mm -hmm. um, I remember. Do you remember what project it was? I remember I was uh, scanning some dead birds, and then I was helping with three D printing with Osama, a little bit. Uh, like the print, oh yeah, with the David Arnold, yeah, uh, with the 3D printing heart. Mm -hmm, I was mm -hmm. helping out with that, and uh, I help you uh, scan a bunch of dead birds. I remember that, and cementation, uh, and we did some 3D modeling of like sheep's hearts and okay. joints. Uh, that's about it, I okay. think. Because I, I was like, most of the projects that we started, I think, were done or somehow saw an end to it yeah but the uh, the birds the bird project i was like oh maybe i'm still doing on it but maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe there's a different kind of but yeah, yeah. it's it's a uh, we we kind of go a long way back yeah um, and uh i've re we've reconnected a few times over the past few years but uh, yeah. kevin definitely took a different turn mm -hmm. um in terms of for the his good career or, path for the good or for the bad to a different turn. I don't think it's it's good or bad. It's it's, it's I know. There's what something you different. felt your calling was. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I definitely went through like a bit of like soul searching, you know, right before right before I like uh, leave the lab, because I uh, I remember towards that time it was like winter of like, 2016 or something. I was like going talk to the professor, uh, the philosophy advisor, the you know anthropology economics psychology and the business wasn't really on my radar but somehow i stumbled upon it so gotcha let's let's you know what i let's go back let's go way back all right let's go way back way ready. back you know this is, this is in that we're in a time machine going way back aka kevin's, kevin's landing his first trip to america he's landing in, okay. in uh, um high school Okay. Going to high school. How, how how did that happen? So my landing was January twenty, Jan, January twentieth of twenty eleven. Uh, I was fourteen. I landed in the SeaTac, um, Seattle Airport. Uh, 
went to Highland High for about half a year, ninth grade, the second half of ninth grade. And then my grandma got sick and my mom has to move back to China. And then... Um, so, so wait, you, you came with your parents? I came with my mom. You came with your mom mm-hmm. to Utah? To Utah. Oh, wow. Why Utah? I was, uh, I was born here. You were born in Utah? Yeah, I was oh, born in Ogden. I did not know this. Jesus I did not Christ. know this. Five Jesus years, Christ, Summer. Like... Five years. <laughs> this is... That's why we're here, right? <laughs> you said so you were born in Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your parents doing? Uh, my dad was visiting here ba- uh, for uh, visiting a scholar uh, because he practiced medicine in China, uh-huh. and he got a son because he was top of uh, top of his field, you know, in Beijing. Uh-huh. Like back in the day, like in the ninety four, ninety five era, like in the early nineteen nineties, there's not very many opportunity for you, you to travel outside, like unless you're top of the crop, mm-hmm. right? So my dad was that, and then he got assigned to McKinney Hospital in Ogden. For like two years, and then you know they were a visionary. Then you know they said, oh, "Yeah, cool. Let's have a kid here." Because at you know right now in twenty nineteen, there's you know tourist bus like you know <laughs> touring like uh, pregnant women from China, mm-hmm. and they just want to be here, live in a hotel until they born their child, so their baby can have U.S. citizenship. There's actually a business that's, doing that now. Wow, that's that's. And, uh, what do you feel about that? I, I've heard that that a lot of um, people from other countries mm-hmm. also do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, what, what, what do you think about that? What, how, what What's your take on that, given that you may have been... Yeah, I've been chosen to like, get a born here. I mean... I mean, it just depends on, you know, how does the parent <laughs> want to raise them, right? Because I was brought back to China when I was like 10 months old. Right, so I put, I'm pretty much I'm Chinese with two passport living in China, uh, from like one year old to fourteen years old. Mm-hmm. Right, but if my parents want to raise me here, let, uh, let's say my dad got uh, got a license here to practice medicine, then I'll become one of those Chinese kids that speak English well but don't speak Chinese well. Mm-hmm. And deep down, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I probably don't like that. But granted, I'm culturally Chinese. You know, my first language is not English. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a different perspective. See how the parents want them to raise me. But deep down, I'm grateful that I'm, I'm so influenced by Chinese culture. If that makes sense. So, essentially, you you are what you're saying. If 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 I'm hearing correctly, is that because your parents chose to raise you as Chinese. Mm-hmm. Um, you are much more comfortable in, in, in accepting the fact that they chose to have you um, be born here in the United States. Yeah, do you know how hard it is to, to learn Chinese as a second language, man? I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Thank you. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm like, definitely feel like, uh, I'm not feel like I'm like being bored into it, uh-huh. which make it easier for me because... Chinese is my first language, my you know, motherland language. I don't need to l- learn it. I just there, you know. Like that's why it's so. It's, it's such a hard language to learn. I don't think you know if I'm not exposed in that environment, I cannot pick up Chinese that quickly. So I'm definitely more appreciative of that if that makes sense. So do you consider yourself a first generation? Yeah. Or first generation. First generation. Yeah. Okay. So similar, yeah. but my English is probably better than most of the first generation people because mm-hmm. I came here at four and fourteen, not like thirty-four, you know. 
So yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I there's no accent. There's some accent. You are being very nice. <laughs> I mean, I mean, your English is your first language, right? No. Uh, well, it, no, yes and no. Uh -huh. um, simply because I went to a private school okay. in India where mm -hmm. English was the first language of education. Uh huh. Um, but like we spoke. Oh, so they still use English at, uh, at a schools. Yeah. But oh, okay. so it was right that my parents spoke English all the time. Like that mm. was a, we actually spoke Hindi, mm -hmm. which is the Indian language, mm -hmm. all the time. But mm -hmm. because we went to school, which mm -hmm. had complete education in English, we had to speak English or learn English a lot. So it's like, it, so it, I I would say that sort both of. of them became my primary language. We would switch back and forth. I see. Like right now. I would say English is my primary language mm -hmm. because if you ask me to, to read something in in Hindi or mm -hmm. write something in mm -hmm. Hindi, I'm gonna take twice or thrice as long. Really? Because so it's not like intuitive for you anymore. It's not as intuitive anymore. Right. I wouldn't say that I have forgotten it completely, mm -hmm. but it's gonna take me a little bit of time to like think about the phrase or the word, yeah, or the character or the letter, and to process it. Instead of like English, which I'm like, is it reverse too? Like in Chinese, like the there's there's no tense, right? So whatever you are translating English to, to Chinese, you need to reverse the sentence structure. I think there is some change in sentence structure. Okay. Um, I I know that if I remember correctly, my my Hindi, mm -hmm. um, there there are like genders um, assigned and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So. Sometimes in English you put genders to things too. So some things seem to me seem that they might go directly translate directly, but probably mm -hmm. there's, there's definitely other things where the the meaning mm -hmm. of that word is not the same and has to be translated accordingly. But I don't. There may not be as much of a structural change as let's say Chinese or, okay. or Japanese. So, because I'm not fam f uh, familiar with the educational system in, in like, mm -hmm. India. So if you read right here, right now, summer in 2019, with your Hindi level, which grade level are you at? Oh, wow. Oh, man. Um, I... <laughs> Ooh. Uh, because I know that yeah. answer for my Chinese, but I'm just wondering if, if you know the answer for yourself, too. I, I probably would put myself somewhere in like... Like reading and writing? Uh, maybe like fifth grade or something. Fifth grade? Like, right. Maybe okay. fifth, sixth grade and... And I want to say it was probably even better then. Um, it's it's kind of hard to kind of put an exact grade yeah. simply because it's not as if I've forgotten. It just takes more time to process. So so you can say I'm not my fluency level is probably like fifth sixth grade. Mm -hmm. But if I my like my knowledge level, you know, if I had to like really yeah, write because it, you are you know it would yeah. be still be on a higher right. side. So, but I'm. What's your Chinese? What grade would you I'm, give yourself for Chinese? I'm probably saying like ninth grade because that's where I left the Chinese edu uh, mm -hmm. education system at is ninth grade. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is you know, there's Asian writing in Hindi, mm -hmm. right? In Chinese, my ability to understand those are like <laughs> not existent at all. That's yeah. That's that's, that's definitely something you know, to be said with that. So yeah. So yeah. So like normal modern Chinese, I'm fine. I can read. I can write. I can, you know, talk. 
Um, my parents told me that I don't talk very well now in Chinese. I'm like, cool, but <laughs> but you know, is there um, is there is there a, a word or a, a label or a, or a name to first generation Chinese people who have who are forgetting Chinese or not speaking Chinese as as well as they should? Yeah, like I think we call it ABC, right? American born Chinese. Oh, okay. Have you heard of that before? I have heard about that. Yeah, um, there's a different context for um, for different people. And, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so, so I'm ABC, but my Chinese is, is way better than average ABC. Okay. So, wow. So That's... I'm like AB, good C. I don't know. That's, that's that's really awesome and i'm like i'm here i'm sitting i'm in kevin's home right now uh-huh and i'm seeing um how much of his chi- chinese roots and chinese culture is has influenced him from his tea drinking to some of the decor on his wall mm-hmm. very reflective of the influence he has yeah like um, that's why i'm more appreciative because this is who i am this is the tea room, right? Joffrey was here. You now, now you come here. The it's little privilege. I'm privileged. It's like go to the White House, right? <laughs> yeah. Where's my like security? Going to Kevin's tea room. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like my point is, right? Like, if I'm, you know, if my parents uh, uh, stay here, I wouldn't have this. I will be like American kid dreaming. What's my next dream? Dream car is, which I don't have one, by the way. <laughs> you know. Or, you know, like, dreaming about, oh, yeah, like, I want a white, white, you know, like, white fence with, like, big house with a, you know, golden mm-hmm. retriever. The American dream. Yeah, but okay. I don't have that, you know, like, it, this is me, like, I, this is who I am, uh, part of it, you know. Some of it is still like, under construction. I need a big bookshelf to put my teapots. I need to get all the tea on the bookshelf. I need to so do some organization, but, you know, uh, we move in, so that's plus yeah 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 i mean it's everything is slowly it's kind of yeah. builds up i mean you know you yeah. got some stuff you got the basic stuff the basic yeah. things set up so stuff. i think that's that's really cool and circle circling back to mm-hmm. um you are you were born here you were taken to china mm-hmm. and then what happened 14 years of age your parents decided to like send you back here it was it, it was mostly me. Okay. Um, so so growing up in China, I always have this idea of okay, I need to come here for school, right? Like why? Yeah. Why? Because I'm U.S. citizen. You know, uh, in China, there's like a preconceived notion of American education was better than Chinese, or I should frame it in another way: the Chinese education uh, education system was so much pressure, was so dull. Mm-hmm. People think other countries education might be better mm-hmm. that's why my parents had me here because they wanted to save like a pass for me to mm-hmm. come here later on so that was always our attention mm-hmm. it was either grad school college medical school because i also want to be, become a doctor when mm-hmm. i grew up it was one of uh one of those things so i went to the best public junior high best public primary school uh the best school in beijing is pretty much the best school in the whole china right so um and right so you, you went to an elite school in beijing yeah is that, mm-hmm. is that like... well but but like elite here kind of means different means private mm-hmm. meaning like 50k a year like the rich rich people go rich to school, people. like the prep school mm-hmm. but elite in china means the school that has the best test scores mm-hmm. it's typically a like a like a public school 
does like the like the school that have the hardest re- requirement to get in. Mm-hmm. So are there private schools in there's, China? There's not there's private no schools. Private. There's all schools that are public. Yeah. So my school is called Renmin uh, Da uh, meaning it's an affiliating middle school to the university. Mm. But the middle school is actually more famous than the university because middle school is so it's so really tough. Good. It's so good. Yeah. So, so I guess you can call myself mature faster than other people in my age group, right? Right when I hit fourteen, fifteen, uh, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, when I was going to the toughest school, I didn't see a pass for me in China. Like I didn't see, you know, if I study my ass off, mm-hmm. if I do well in the test, if I go to the best university in China, come on, I don't have a job. Oh, okay. Is that is that the yeah? That's what happened in Yenai, China. Even though, like, so it's crazy, right? Because if you think about this, if you graduated from Harvard, mm-hmm. you, you can have, at you least a, at least have a job. You have a, yeah, you you have a really good chance of getting a really good job. Yeah, like you know, but in China, is that if you graduate from Harvard, if you know the right person, you you might have a job. You might. You might. It's, you might. It's a very yeah. There's countless example of like the graduated from like the top university uh, in China come out to be a community uh, leader for uh, for a for a living complex. Oh wow! F- or okay. or the head of the HOA, <laughs> right? Really? Okay. Yeah, like or or like a primary school teacher. They are okay. They are music teacher that teaches at our, our middle school uh-huh. that have a PhD in opera singing from Sydney. Or have a PhD in, in in like painting art, painting from the King's College of New York. Dang, like that's. that's and they're gonna go back teaching twelve, thirteen year old how to sing. How to sing, that's 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 crazy. I like know. That's, uh, it's, it's hard for me to kind of fathom that. Similar that things of, are happening in like India too, right? Uh, yes, of? there is kind of, but again, like um, since I can only give my example, mm-hmm. and I didn't come here, I didn't come. Here in high school, I came mm-hmm. here after college, mm-hmm. so there is still a path that we so, can try to choose. And a lot of people, I, I know my friends as well, mm-hmm. um, because a lot of tech stuff is, mm-hmm. is India. Amazon just started its own kind of second biggest kind of headquarters in India. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there is some, I think there's still some more avenue and path for for them to like get some kind of a job right so, so so did you feel like when you graduate from the university in india can you get a career can you get a job uh, as a matter of fact i had a job, I, had a job? I got an offer from infosys which was as an it company uh-huh. there and i was just waiting to hear back mm-hmm. from uh, the universities that I applied here in the States after mm-hmm. I gave my GRE mm-hmm. to be like, well, if I get a good university, mm-hmm. um, should I should I go to one, to a university, go to America and stuff like that and kind of change my career path or stay in India and, and take that job that I have. That, that must uh, be a tough, tough call, right? It, it wasn't as tough simply because... Um, me and my parents, my family had got green cards. Okay. So we were eventually going to come to, to the States, whether it be, you know, college. doing Kind of for, similar for my situation too. Like you're going to come here, but it just depends on when. It just depends on when. And okay. it just seemed like a, a more of a natural path to just 
continue more school, get your master's, get your graduate school, and then mm -hmm. try to get a job here mm -hmm. um, because that would serve as well as, you know, getting a grad school at an American university, but also help with me getting my citizenship. Right. Because it's more like, oh, you're staying here. Right. You're not traveling back and forth. You right. have, you know, it's like we can show that I was in a university studying there, you know, kind of like getting my grad school, okay. staying in one place. So it would help that way as well. So anyways, and my brother had decided that before me, like three years before me, he had decided that he's going to go down that route. He got a, he got into John Hopkins. Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay, well, my brother did it. He's already there in the States. You know what? I'm, I'll probably will go do that. So it was mm -hmm. not more of a hard decision. It was just, it was just that if I didn't get any mm -hmm. admission, then I would have worked for a year or something like that mm -hmm. and then reapplied. Okay. So, so it's like a bound to happen it was, kind of a thing. Yeah. It was more of a stopgap. It was more of a trying to kind of. Okay. Yeah. You know, so we have so, kind of like similar uh, story there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But just that you, you came way, you came in high school. How, how was like, was that a culture shock to you? How was. I didn't really feel that much culture shock because most of the Chinese kids that come in, you know, for high school, they usually do the ESL classes, right? The English as a second language. Hmm. So, but that doesn't expose them to the culture. Yeah, it doesn't. But for me, um, I've been prepping for this, you know, mm -hmm. um, in a way, you know, I've never listened to Chinese song when I grew up. I was listening to English songs. Oh, okay. Um, I've never was really... Was that on purpose? Was that like your parents? Or was that just you? Just me. Just yeah. you. Um, part of it is on purpose, um, but part of it, I just, you know, don't see much meaning in Chinese song. Like, I still don't see much meaning in Chinese song, you know? And then, you know, my favorite band was Westlife, you know, the uh, Irish yeah. boy band. I know, you know? Westlife. Yeah. Yes. Um, they just got back together, so but the new music are not as good as their old music. But anyway, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, so you know, I've been watching the show. I, I think I told you, everybody loves Raymond, like yeah, religiously yeah. for like years. Um, I still watch it some uh, sometimes, just like you know, get the jiggles mm -hmm. out of it. But I've kind of like trying to get accustomed to the culture here. So when I came here, I live with Chinese host families. And it was just much handling school at, at like mm -hmm. that time. I school is not really that hard. Um, I didn't go into ESL. I went to the class right away. Um, can't I can understand it? I can do the homework. It's really not much harder. Not much harder. Yeah. So you start high school and you 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 came in freshman high school. Like yeah. You started like the freshman. Uh huh. You know high school. That's great. I am, you know, high school, you were focusing on your studies and your, uh -huh. your school, um, high school crushes. Uh -huh. I, this is, this is getting more, do more, I have a high school crushes? That's why you are doing this. Nice. Right? Like <laughs> getting to the deep, dark you're, secrets you're like, that Kevin's. You're like rubbing your hands around. <laughs> high school crushes. I don't have one. Do I? I, I, I don't even remember if I had one, to be honest. Um, yeah, I've. I, I don't recall one. There might, but the thing is, I was so like you know neck deep in, 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 in into my classwork. Mm -hmm. You know, I was doing an IB program, an AP, the whole shebang. Do you know anything about IB program? The international. Yeah, bureaucratic, whatever that is. So it's AP plus plus more writing. Mm -hmm. AP plus more. 
there's labs we have to type out like lab report and they have to send it to send it to us switzerland to like grade it and send it back here again it was really like intense mm-hmm. right so part of the reason is i i just didn't go to any dances and i i know there are girls that, that express interest but i don't really i'm not i was not interested in them if that makes sense so prom day came and you were like i never went to prom I never prom. went to prom. I got asked, but I never went. Oh, oh, you got asked. Yeah, that's, I never that's went. Nice. Who was? Do you remember? Rachel, somebody. I don't know. Rachel, somebody. Do yeah. you know how they asked you? Mm, we're in the IB chemistry class. <laughs> we're just camping. <laughs> this is good. This is good. This is, this is way time back machine. Way time back machine. That's why Summer wants to do this, right? It was like right before a quiz or what or something, and she just. Keep it casual. Say, yeah, you know, like Kevin, are you going to prom? I was like, no. And I was like trying to get my quiz ready, and then it's like, okay, but I want to go with you. I, like, oh. I don't remember what I said, but like I turned her down, pretty much. I was hopefully gently and nicely. Yeah, I was. I was a like, pretty, pretty cold hearted, to be honest. Oh, I was, oh wow. I, I, yeah, like I don't remember how heartbreaker. I Kevin, the how heartbreaker. I did it. Yeah, I'm the heartbreaker. I don't remember how I did, but like, cause I see the video of the dances. I was like, I don't get it. Bunch of people dressing nicely. They're just jumping to the disco. Like, what's the <laughs> point? I think it's more of a social experience. It's more it's, of that. Like, it's, uh, it's... you know, if I'm more mature as I'm now, I probably would go. But back then, I, did, I didn't see the value. Uh, yeah. What do you I think did. about it now? Like, years after, do you feel years... like maybe you should have gone to one dance? Maybe I should have. But the thing is, is I see it more, more as like a American cultural perspective. It's more like a rite of passage, mm-hmm. right? The prom night is one night. People dress up nicely, pretend to be adult for one night before they, you know, go back to being a kid who's applying for college again, right? But I, I do see the cultural value, but back then I didn't see it. Back then it was all about, okay, after I done with my uh, assignment, how much uh, can I watch poker? How much can I work on my game? How much can I break down that situation better? Uh, how how uh, how far I can p- put myself in the next fake money tournament with like thousand people? That's what I'm up, like obsessed about in high school is poker and school. Poker and school. Yeah. That's that's Kevin for you guys. That was me back <laughs> in high school. But I think yeah, I I think I feel I feel like I had the same a similar um, realization that mm-hmm. maybe. I focus too much on yeah. on success in terms of studying the next exam, yeah. getting that A, and kind of missed on some of these social mm-hmm. opportunities, which may have benefited me later on in life. Yeah. For, you know, like getting absolutely asking a girl out, for example, mm-hmm. is is never easy. It's, yeah. it's it can be nerve wracking for some people. It might come easy, but mm-hmm. I learned like later on when I was trying to go on dates when mm-hmm. I was here, it was just, it was just hard. It was yeah. nerve wracking. I, I was sort the same thing too. Was, I didn't know what the game, the game, if there was a game yeah. and how to play it and how That's to like, win it. And it's just like, and it's, it's all of those kind of prepare you for, for that. Yeah. Part of you it. You know, part of it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and it's not saying that you, you can't learn it, but mm-hmm. it's just, you're prepped. You're already prepped for yeah. for that. And I feel mm-hmm. like, yeah, some, some of those things I might have missed out on. Yeah. Um, but, but do I regret it? I really don't. I'm not sure if you regret it or not. 
no i don't think it's 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 i don't think it's regret it's yeah. just that if you know if my kids or you know i would, yeah, I would yeah. say like hey you like, probably want to go like, you hey. probably want to go you yeah. probably don't want to you know miss this opportunity you know and uh-huh. you don't want to just get s- stuck in mm-hmm. your books and and not see the world outside of you i that's think that's true. more of the the folk the philosophy that i've kind of realizing yeah so. that's true i mean you know hindsight is twenty twenty, right like whatever you feel like back then now you look yeah. at your decision you made like you know four or five years ago it's like yeah i probably should have done better that's that's you know? that's, that's is there is there any chinese philosophy regarding this notion of hindsight and that you can kind of share with us i mean not really i mean here's the thing with our chinese philosophy right like you can either get really really deep and specialized kind of like a phd in bioimaging <laughs> <laughs> so now you can do like okay cool i want to do this in uh you know uh i want to this in like a confucius way mm-hmm. or one one of his followers and then based on this ancient text you can dive into all of that or there's normally plain stuff that everyday people like they say you know it's very very i don't i don't want to say lame but very folk-like you know so so there's not really that much of a medium. One one of my good friends, he he went to China. He's he, he just recently. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife actually also went mm-hmm. to China, um, and that that was an experience for her. Yeah, we talked about it on the dinner last time. It was funny. <laughs> but my friend, um, he he went to China, and he was talking about this philosophy. And if I'm not saying this correctly, please correct me. Mm-hmm. Yo way, yo way. What does that mean? It, 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 it was supposed to be the natural state of things. Um, like how things are supposed to just be organically. Okay. Um, where they find balance. Like naturally, it's, it's, okay. it's everything is as nature intended to be or as, you know, where, so where like you're Taoism, not. So kind of like Taoism, kind of like the idea of like Taoism maybe, pretty much like maybe. leave it everything there like the whole louds of the situation the whole yeah it, it doesn't it does not mean that you be passive mm-hmm. um, but it means that you are striving for that balance for that for that balance for, mm-hmm. to, to be the, in that natural kind of yeah. natural state of things yeah. and you know it, where if, if you're angry at something it may, it may be it may be prudent or it may there might have been some cause to it that can mm-hmm. change your state but it, unless it's not forced kind of like cause and effect kind of thing yeah i mean you know circling about right like uh, how would i feel right now looking at before i mean not going to prom nights it depends on how you look how you look at it right like it depends on what you are going for I was not going for getting a girlfriend or, you know, going through that. Mm-hmm. I was going for how can I do better in my next poker tournament? How can I do better on this test? Right? That was my, my life focus. And then the cause and effect, the natural way of looking at things would be if I can get those two things done, I'm balanced. <clears throat> if I can drink tea and do sewer work, then I'm balanced. Mm-hmm. You know? So I really, really wasn't seeing something outside of my circle, if that makes sense. Right, so back then, like, I I agree with you. I didn't have any regrets either because I just that, that was how I see things back then, mm-hmm. and now I have a more broader view. And then you know, kind of say, okay, I could have done this. Maybe it would be helping me in, in like this, 
But on the high side, if I'm not obsessed with poker, I probably wouldn't be here doing business or marketing. What do you mean? Because poker led me to business. Poker led me to marketing. Poker led you to business. Yeah. Well, can you can it yeah expound okay. on that? Cool. Explain. So back in 2016 again. <laughs> 2016. Well, again we're in the way we're back machine back. here. Yeah. So so I was going to the philosophical uh, to the philosophy department, psychology department, economic anthropology to talk to the advisor see if if I should do this major. And during that time, I was watching a MIT poker class. Mm -hmm. um, there was this one lecture about poker history. And then back then, I know some of the top people in poker back then, if they're transitioning out, they're going to finances, they're going to investing, they're going to start their own business, like a startup. And then I was like, okay, cool. And then the, the professor of the MIT poker class for that summer that did a poker history lecture was a poker pro back in the 80s in the mm -hmm. uh, New, uh, New York area, the Mayfair Club, the whole like East Coast gambling ring, uh, like the whole shebang over there. Um, and then he was doing a lecture and he was in finance. And I was like, okay, maybe I should go talk to the f uh, business people. Mm -hmm. None of my family members are business person. None of them, not even one. My family members are doctors, are teachers, are mm -hmm. principals, are professors for colleges. So... And I went, uh, but I couldn't just go knock on the door and say, hey, can you, can you, uh, can you see me, right? So I write an email. I think I wrote an email when I was in, in a lab. Oh, okay. I was like, I pick a random professor uh, or random ad uh, advisor on the website. I was like, hey, Brendan, this is Kevin Wong. Um, I have no experience in business, but I'm in the position to switch major. Um, I don't know anything about business, but I really like poker. Should should I do it? That's what you wrote. That's what I wrote. That's what you wrote. I don't know anything about business, business but, but I, I really, do, I really like, like poker. poker. Should I do it? Should I do it? That's Man, it. That's crazy. What what responses did you get? So I wasn't really expecting any response. I was like, okay, cool. He does say, give me the I wrote and pass on. And then what happened was he he got my email. He actually forwarded to a business career uh, counselor. Mm -hmm. And then her husband is in the financial industry who happens to, pl to play poker. Oh, wow. That was a strange connection. Yes. So what happened was the business uh, academic uh, guy connected with the husband of the career advisor. We had a meeting. I think he uh, he's in Dubai now. I think he was in Dubai. Uh, and then he used to work for the Wasatch firm like on campus, like oh. next to Research Park. There's like a building. Mm hmm um, so I went there, I had a meeting with him, uh, he was doing a home game, I was playing at his home game, he, he's not very good. Um, <laughs> what if but, he's listening? Nah, yeah, probably, he's in Dubai, I don't <laughs> know. Hi Brandon, how's it going? Um, so, um, and I was playing in his home game, not a couple of people, and he was the one that kind of talked to me, yeah, you know, if you're really into poker, here's a similarity. And back then, I didn't get it. Because of my passion for poker, always mm -hmm. my passion for philosophy or psychology or anthropology. Because before that, I was going to do double major of philosophy and psychology mm -hmm. with the intention of getting a double PhD and teach for the rest of my life. But I, but I wasn't sure because I don't know if I'll be good at teaching or not. Mm -hmm. It's like a big leap, right? Like how, what else are you going to do with a PhD in psychology and philosophy mm -hmm. to have the least playing major of the whole world? I'm, I will either be doing research like, like Dr. Xu, mm -hmm. which I wouldn't show if I want, or I would be doing writing books and teaching stuff, 
which I was like, okay, writing books in English might be tough because my first language is is, is Chinese,、mm-hmm. you know. So I was like, cool. I took a leap of faith. I joined business. I was majoring in finance, and I switched to marketing. And here I am with a marketing degree. So without poker, I wouldn't really came here for business. Wow, that's that that's, that's amazing. I I'm I still a little bit lost as to how you connected to do. But if you had to break it down to us and just kind of tell us、mm-hmm. in I don't know like three sentences or、mm-hmm. so, like how. Did you kind of match up poker and your so finance, so so poker and business? I guess your question is how does poker related to business? Yes. Okay.、Yes. So in the realm of poker, I know you you play, but ha- have you ever played it before? No, I I, I,、so. I, I, did, I avoided playing with you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that makes sense.、Um, so Jake Jake played with you. Yeah, he、right. he was invited to one of my my home game. He he once bring like twenty people to my house. I was like crazy to my little apartment. I have to like bring like so many chairs out. It was crazy.、Um, yeah, so、um, in the realm of poker, it's more about decision making.、Mm-hmm. In the realm of business, it's about decision making as well, right? And in the realm of poker, you get dealt with two cards. In the world of business, you might not able to change a big environment. Right, say you are running a business in India.、Mm-hmm. Your whole card, your two cards that you deal with, might be different than me running a business here in the U.S.、Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. With that, knowing your hand, you have to be able to read the board. Meaning, three cards on、uh, first, and then one, and then one. The flop, the turn, the river.、Mm-hmm. Every single situation changes the dynamic, the dynamic of the poker table dramatically.、Mm-hmm. Same thing with the business world today. What does Trump Trump tweet today? Tweet today. I actually don't know what he tweeted. tweeted. I know. I, did, I, did, I don't know either. I don't I, follow him. But but, 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 I'm but, sure. but 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 I'm but I'm saying, like, what does Trump tweeted today? Okay, he he his tweets will change. His tweets change, change markets. markets. His markets are just like the 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 turn cards for everything else. It will change the the the, dy- the dynamic of the table. It will change、mm-hmm. the stakes around for the money on the table, and with the player around, it's the same way too. Cool. You have a business in India. You want to break into China. You're probably gonna have an easier time breaking into China compared to a firm here in the U.S. It's about how people perceive you,、mm-hmm. right? If I go to a poker table with a suit and tie, with a fancy suit, people might say, "Okay, he got money. He probably don't care about losing." losing. So I can judge my playing style off of the way they look.、Mm-hmm. I just want to see how you play. But I can have a grand idea of doing that.、Mm-hmm. Same thing in business. You are you are working with Google compared to you are working with a local tech startup here in Utah,、mm-hmm. right? There's different levels of reads, or different dynamics, and there's 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 different factors that go into de- to decision making that affects everything. A that, decent that. poker players, their decision tree is so vast.、Mm-hmm. There's stats, there's psychology, there's reads, there's game theory, there's probability, and in the in the business world, you have accounting, you have marketing, you have future value of money, you have advertising, you have the trend, you have artificial intelligence. You see how both worlds can be so so much similar. They can have a lot of、uh, branching trees that、mm-hmm. can that can affect the environment and your、yeah. decision making. Yeah. Um, so, based on what you have in hand, based on what environment is.、So. Yeah. So that's why most of the poker player they actually double into business 
and most of the business person actually plays poker because they do have the connection right there. So, so speaking of perception, um, do you do you still go to the liquor store in your suit and tie? <laughs> you you uh, heard that story, huh? It was uh, it was funny, right? It is. It was funny. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. I was like twenty one on my birthday. I was like, I'm gonna go get a bottle of wine for my parents, and I walk in. I was with Northwest. I had to wear a suit and tie. I was ready. I was ready for my ID on the one pocket, my cash on the one pocket. I pick a wine from Napa Valley somewhere, and then I. By the way, Kevin was legal. I was legal. I, I was. Sir. I was on my birthday, twenty-first um, birthday. So I went in. I was like, "Cool, there you go." I was ready to pull out my ID. I was ready, and then they go, "Okay, cool. Uh, your car." I was like, oh, "Cool." So he didn't, he didn't even question me. That's 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 amazing. I know. I thought I was have like a baby face. I was like, "You look too young. You give me your ID." I was ready. I was like, see, yeah, 21. Maybe he saw you. Maybe he was like, <laughs> you know, he was, he is so tuned to like reading people. Maybe. That it's like, okay, well. But he, but he read me wrong though. He read me wrong. That's a problem. <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, so that's the difference between, you know, poker and business. And that's kind of how I jumped into a leap of faith. I like psychology because of poker too. Right. Um, I like philosophy because of poker as well, because mm-hmm. I want to know how the mind works, how conscious works. You see, if I'm not obsessed with poker when I was going to high school, who knows? I'm probably going to be an economics major and come out doing what? I don't even know. But you would still be playing poker. Probably. You're still playing poker, right? I'm still playing poker, but it's on the back burner right now. Did so. you? I remember like you really wanted to go to Vegas. Yeah. And I, and I don't know if it was legal. I, you were turning 19 or something? I, yeah, I can't remember so, correctly, but did you ever go there? And, yeah, so I was playing underage at a window when I was 19 at the lab. Um, I was traveling pretty much every pretty much every single weekend, maybe like maybe like twice every month to go to win, uh, window to, to like play poker when I was, nine, when I was 18 um, for like a year and a half. Was that legal? Or? No, but they don't check, they don't oh, check okay. ID. So whenever Another perception, yeah, case of perception. Yeah, and I was, uh, I, 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 I was like dressed nice, wear like a nice shirt, and you know, like you know, sit there with, with my tea bottle, and we just play for hours mm-hmm. and hours and hours. Because back back then, I was like, I need to know if I got this, if I can make it to be a professional poker player. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I was, what I wanted to be back in high school is if the medical thing, medical school thing doesn't pay, I want to be a professional poker player. And that was me trying out because being a professional poker player, you need to be able to grind constantly. Mm-hmm. We're talking a 12 to 15 hour days in the cash room or in a tournament room. And then, or in front of other computer play online, we're doing mass, doing mm-hmm. G- GTO, Game Theory Optimal Work. And I want to see if I'm cut off with that. That's what I did for like a, almost a year, maybe, year what and a half. What did you find? I was profitable. Okay. <laughs> I was profitable. I can, I can play with pretty much anybody at a one two level, two five level. What does that mean, one two level? So two, that's five, a blind, level. blind level. So casino they run cash games. Mm-hmm. They either do one dollar, two dollar, big blind, small blind, which means you're typically buying around like two hundred dollars if you want to be more optimal. Oh. And two five means you know two dollar, five dollar level. You're buying for about between you know three hundred to to like five hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I was more on a one-two level. I dabbled a little bit into the two-five level, and um, you know those are the micro stakes, right? Mm-hmm. So the perception is the higher you go, the tougher the game is. The mm-hmm. perception is 
of course you have to pick your spot and figure out who's the weak, uh, who's the fish on the table, and you exploit them. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely a little bit of a dynamic there as well. But for for the most part, like you know, one, two, two, five, I shouldn't be have any problems. So nice, yeah, Damn, son. That's that's really nice. You could have made your career out of that. Yeah, but at that point, I was real realizing driving like an hour and a half to Wendover is not profitable, and then. <laughs> Um, the overall climate of poker mm-hmm. was not decent because I truly believe that if I was born ten years earlier, I would have been playing poker professionally now. Why do you Why do you say that? Because back in the poker boom, right? Like in the U.S. at two thousand two, 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 two thousand three, when Chris Moneymaker, do you know who that person I, I is? I don't know okay. anything about poker, so you might want to okay. So give a little bit of information. So. Before, every single year, we have a tournament in Vegas called WSOP, mm-hmm. the World Series of Poker. Poker. Now, every single year, they had an event, and they got started with Jack Benny and the Mob Gangster back in the 70s. And then um, it was actually a tiny event, right? One tournament would be like 20 people, 30 mm-hmm. people. They're just doing it for shows because the real gamblers like Doyle Brunson, the godfather of poker, are playing cash games. Mm-hmm. They're not going to waste their time to play a tournament. They bust out, then what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So, tournament was the formality, and then it's like a PR tool for mm-hmm. the Vegas. And the grinders, like, if you make your living off of Vegas, hey, like Jack Benny and say, the mob boss say, you have to pay, uh, play this tournament because mm-hmm. you, we want to do a PR value, right? So, that was for the whole 70s and 80s. And back in the 90s, there actually more poker pro coming up the ranks and playing more tournament. The field got bigger and bigger to mm-hmm. the hundreds of people. Late of 1997, there's a, a movie called Rounders by Matt Damon and uh, uh, Edward Norton. I might have s- it's, seen that. It's on Netflix, yeah. yeah. It completely blow poker up. Mm-hmm. So the year after that, I think we had thousands of people entering the main event, mm-hmm. which is a 10K buying-in tournament every single year as the last event of the World Series of mm-hmm. Poker, where winner gets 10 million, I think, at this point. You have to beat out like 7,000 people right now to win $10 million. Wow. Yeah. So back to that, right? So early 2000s are the poker boom. There was this accountant named Chris Moneymaker from Michigan. White guy, everyday guy with a beer belly. He won a main event for $1 million. Wow. He run good. Was he that good? Probably not. He never won anything since. But he was the poster boy for the poker boom. If he can do it, anybody can do it. Is that do you do you feel like it might have been more of a setup in some way where he was set maybe up to win so that because it could be shown that anybody could maybe of- yeah. But I don't think there's some of that. But the timing was so unique because the winners of the WSOP main event before him are all pros. Mm. Are some some kind of a poker player, not well known at all. And here we have an amateur who's like played poker for the last two years. Mm-hmm. He won a million dollars. What? Everybody can do that. Mm-hmm. So at that time, if I, if I was born a, like ten years earlier, I would be sixteen, mm-hmm. right? Then I will be playing poker online while poker star was still running. There's free money everywhere. People sucked. Okay. Like the skill level that can beat a one-two game right now, 
you can you can probably beat a five ten game back then. Back then, oh, okay, because people have the skill level has increased so. People much suck, and people don't realize that. But people want to chase a poker dream, mm-hmm. and then they don't know anything. Like no, nobody is doing math. Nobody is is plugging in, into the computer. Nobody is you know running AI on their hands. Mm-hmm. People sucked. They really did. So, but if I was born ten years earlier, I'm able to capitalize it at the prime of my poker craze. I was been playing professional poker back in 04, 05. Money was everywhere, man. Like there's money everywhere. And then back in 2010, online poker got banned in the US and it's still banned in the US. Oh. So I came into the States in 2011. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not legal to to run a poker site in the state in the in the US. Okay. But there are some some states I can run it, like New Jersey, mm-hmm. like uh, Vegas, but that's about it. So my option back in high school, Vegas was not legal yet. Um, New Jersey was not legal yet. So my only option to pursue poker, poker is to move to Canada <laughs> or Mexico. Uh-huh. 18-year-old kid, drop yeah, me out of school. That seems a little bit unwise. Yeah, so, yeah. I, so, I, so I drop it. So I put it on the back burner. And that's the whole story because I totally believe that if I was born 10 years earlier, I wouldn't have been playing poker, making millions back in early, early 2000s. But timing wasn't right for me. Hindsight, man. I mean, I know, I right? Know, right? Like, so you think about 10 years, what happens in 10 years, things yeah. change. So. Maybe that's the best thing that ever happened to me. I don't know. Maybe if I don't play poker, then, then maybe this is, there's something to this. I don't know. But, maybe. Maybe, but, but but poker has been on the back burner ever since then, so that's 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 crazy, man. I know. Wow. Well, how about we take a break? <laughs> Are you tired? <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Do 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 do. Okay, cool. Um, this is Kevin back here again. Uh, we took a quick break. Um, Summer uh, told me that it was funny. Uh, we actually had a lot more to talk about. This is not what he intended to be. So uh, we're gonna put a pin in this. Uh, sorry, I could, I wasn't talking uh, talking to the mic. We're gonna put a pin in this, and then we're gonna revisit this um, later. Um, something Summer brought out, I actually really appreciate it because I really think he is uh, probably pretty curious about everything, which I appreciate his qualities. Um, he's like, yeah, like Kevin, you're the one that always asks questions. It's about time when somebody want to ask you, like, why do you do this? Why do you do that? Like, why do you think about it this way? Why do you support this person? Why do you do this? I was like, eh, that is a good point. So, um, you know, Summer told me that he prepared like 10 questions and we only get into like two and three. So, uh, this is definitely a multi-part series and then... Uh, we already laid out plans for recording for later. So, you guys want to know more about me, my personal story, or about you know summer in general? I'm trying to keep it more even killed. Uh, stay tuned to the podcast feed, and then there will be more coming. All right, guys, uh, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or whatever you listen to. And uh, this is Kevin signing off. We are going on from here. Have a nice day, guys. You know I hate-